I'm Corey Crenshaw. I'm Richie Suave Flores. And this is Sporty with Corey and Richie Suave. On the Hockey Podcast Network. In a world where social media is king and everyone is an expert in everything. Get the facts from your insiders here on Sporty with Corey and Richie Suave. Here are your hosts, Corey Crenshaw and Richie Flores. Welcome back in Sporty Nation. It's nice to be talking to you all. Obviously, um, this week in particular has been a um, not so great one on a global scale, but hopefully we can take your mind off of that for a little while and talk about some interesting Coyotes news and uh, something I think Richie was trying to make a controversy on Twitter. I'm not 100% positive, though. So to get into that and so much more, with me, per the usual, my wonderful and amazing co-host, Richie Suave Flores, how are you doing? And what did you just open? Or did you just eat something? No, I just cracked open my beer for tonight's show. Oh, is that what that was? Yes. Yes. It almost sounded like you were, I couldn't tell if it, you were opening something, if you were opening a can or if you just cracked a nut. <laughs> I don't know if I don't, have you ever seen me crack a nut? No, no I don't think I'm. I'm not an 85 <laughs> year old man. <laughs> That's why I thought it was weird. I was like, this sounded like either someone just popped open a can of something, or a nut was just cracked. That'd be really funny. I should have just gone down the track of yes, Corey. I was cracking nuts live on the show. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't my parents, my parents, my grandparents too. They used to have nutcrackers. Yes, I've so never I used cracked to, a nut with a nutcracker. Yeah, so I used to do it when I was a kid because, like, my my grandparents used to had one, and I actually enjoyed doing it. It was kind of fun to play around with that thing, but I haven't done it in probably fifteen years, something like that. Yeah, I mean, I think I may have, like, because how many of the nutcrackers that they actually make anymore actually crack nuts? I feel like they're all very just um, for show. Like, I, 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 oh, yeah, I guess you're right, because everything is, do, is more, um, like, machine-based now. So you don't get the, I'm sure there's, like, a entire new device out there that you plug in and it cracks your nuts a lot without all the physical effort that it used to take. Well, I mean, like, they have, like, the 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 two... It's, like, a U-shaped thing, and then it's got two sticks on each side looking, and then you, like, crack the nut in the middle. I've seen those, and I've seen people use those, and, I, and I've used one of those before, but I don't... Like, the ones that are, like, the Christmas nutcrackers, you know, that people sit out at Christmas time, how many of them actually are capable of cracking nuts? I feel like a lot of them are very weak, very poorly made. They're just more like for show. Yeah. Anymore. You're probably right. You're probably right. But yes, I was, I was actually cracking up in my beer. This is a German beer that I'm drinking once again, and I'm going to attempt to pronounce it. Uh, it's called Grosse Liebe. Hell's beer. And the, on the on the front, I'm going to send you this picture on the front here. I don't know if I like this. It kind of gives me like hives. It's like it makes me a little nervous because looking at the front of this. It um, makes you nervous? 
Yeah, because I'm going to send you this picture, and you're probably going to think the same thing. And it, yeah, it's kind of weird. I don't, I don't really like it. <laughs> I can say that I'm not going to attempt to say it, even though um, decent amount of my family is German, and and I s- spoke some German as a kid. I, uh, I, uh, I feel like every time I say something, I end up butchering it. Yeah, so this this came in the um, my um, advent calendar that uh, Kat's dad bought for me during the holidays, and I never actually finished all twenty four beers. I'm a little bit behind, so that's what I'm drinking tonight, and um, it's actually pretty good, not bad at all, five point one percent, and uh, and yeah, it's got these two like very odd looking objects on the front of the late can, and okay, I'm not a fan so- of them. There, there are two buildings. I'm pretty sure here with like yeah. two tower-like buildings, and then they have windows on them. Like you should be having some like princess, like you know, needing to be saved in there, like a full-blown Shrek type situation. And <clears throat> I'm sure you looking at these will think that you are are looking at two penis-shaped objects. I'm sure that's where you're going with this, correct? Yes! Yes! Hi! On the other hand, just like when you look at one of those lights that people call boob lights, that's what I see at the top of this. <laughs> now that you mention it, yes. Yes. I can so, see that as well. So I feel like after this this talking about this, we're going to have to post this on our Twitter and... Uh, have people probably chime in, you know, tell them that they have to listen in to figure out what we were trying to say about this beer. But I, so I am on the end of this looks like, uh, boobs to me. (laughs) That's too funny. Yes. But I'm glad that we both agree that it both makes us very uncomfortable to look at. Yeah. I'm sure those are buildings of some sort. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. They're probably German buildings of some sort, but at first glance, they don't look like that. Yeah, no, that's a. I do like the pretty blue color of the can, though. Does that count mm-hmm. for anything? That it's is pretty cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's really pretty blue. It's got a nice coloring. I, feel, I also feel like we should just like dive straight into the Austin Powers references here. <laughs> One eyed monster. <laughs> <laughs> No, these would be two-eyed monsters, because there's two of them. Yeah. (laughs) Two one-eyed monsters. Uh, That's a... No. What is it that he's like... No, I've seen bigger. That's just a little... Just a little prick. Yeah. (laughs) It's a flu shot. You've... I need to make sure that you don't catch anything while floating around in the vastness of space. <laughs> the, it's, it's really hard whenever I meet anyone whose last name's Johnson. I have a really hard time when he's like, you know, the one that looks like somebody's Johnson. Status report. <laughs> and I always get like, and I have a hard time. And it's so funny because uh, Scotty and I like you know because you do it with us all the time mm-hmm. quote austin powers all the time 
And sometimes we don't even realize that we're like doing it. And we just are saying things. And it's funny, I'd actually gotten into a conversation. Um, I, I've been talking with some of my colleagues a little bit more than usual after I put my two weeks in. And I, uh, the, our head of HR was talking about, um, was talking about different um, movies that she quotes the most because they had quoted something from Dumb and Dumber. And I was... I've never been a big fan of Dumb and Dumber. I don't know why, but it's just never really been my thing. We I watched it as like a little kid and then Scotty likes Dumb and Dumber, so I've watched it with him, but it's not anything that I really ever commit to memory. And they were talking about Spaceballs. I actually do know I like Spaceballs, but they were talking about different movies and a lot of them weren't any movies that I really quote very often. And I was trying to think and... and it, there's a very long list of movies and shows that um, our friends quote that you would almost get lost because of how much they quote things. But I genuinely think there's nothing that we quote more than Austin Powers movies. For sure, between you and I, yes. And it's not even close. I mean, there if you... If you exclude um, all of Scotty's friends' um, SpongeBob quotes, if you exclude those, it, it's got to be Austin Powers because there's no way that with how much, at least between the three of us for sure, it's an incessant amount that we quote Austin Powers stuff. And it's actually kind of killing me. Oh, that's what, Scotty, how often do we quote Austin Powers movies in your live on the podcast? So w- watch yourself with what you say. Probably in a seven-day week, probably six out of seven days. Okay, and then next question. If you take a pic- take a look at this picture of a beer, how does this make you feel? Gross lead? It, it's, it's a, so it's a German beer. That sounds just as bad as ranch water. Um, but, but. What how what do what do you feel when you see those images at the bottom there? Hmm. They look very phallic in shape. <laughs> <laughs> what what does it make you think? I don't know. I feel like I'm getting set up here. <laughs> so Richie and I said two different things. I did acknowledge Richie's first, but then I said what mine was. It looks like dicks. what else am i supposed to answer no that was what i that's what i said too is it initially came off like that but i feel like the tops of them look like those boob lights (laughs) it actually looks like jeff bezos spaceship (laughs) (laughs) yes it does it does look like jeff bezos spaceship um and then richie started quoting austin powers and said the one-eyed monster and so this is getting out of hand already. We this is already getting out of hand. <laughs> Sorry, so I was was coming to bring me some uh, popcorn here, and uh, I thought I, I would get his two cents on it. He genuinely thought we were setting him up for failure. It was very obvious answer. He just genuinely thought we we're setting him up. For <laughs> I, I, yeah, I feel like you were, you were like walking him into saying something, and he was like very, very hesitant to say it, but. You got there eventually, Scott. So thank you for showing up on this episode. <laughs> I'm sure he, you guys that. may actually be hearing from him, depending on whether 
Richie wants to wait for me to come back from Nashville or not. But I will be gone for my bachelorette party. So, um, I will, uh, I, I will not be here when we're normally recording our shows. So, I'm, I'm giving the option of whether you two want to record without me or we can wait until I get back. It's whatever you guys choose. So you might get a special Scotty appearance depending on when they want to record. <laughs> well, we will decide that when we when we get to it, when we approach it. We'll we'll make we'll make things work and figure it out. 100%. But to move on from, you know, talking about beers and all that stuff, we do actually in a little bit later are going to actually talk about lines from movies. So it's it's good that we started because we'll start and end with that. But an interesting thing that came up that is in Coyote's news, as my fingers are all buttery from popcorn, um, is the fact that of this article that uh, Sportsnet put out that was about the Coyotes having a meeting with their players and staff members on February 19th regarding the future of the franchise. And it goes into a lot of different things, talking about this meeting and the, the NHLPA and what, how the players felt and they felt like they're pretty much being left out in the dark and so on and so forth. It, there's it kind of like was all detailed in there, kind of as, as well as they could because it was a closed-door conversation. The one thing that I really pulled out of this that I thought was an interesting thing that was said was the fact that a lot of these players that they're talking to, I mean, 90% of these players that they're talking to, will not be around when the new arena is opened. Because these are just interim players that are here and now, and they're not going to be here in the future. And I do have to admit, that is really shitty for those players. I do feel really bad for them in that fact. And it does feel a little bit like bad business practice, which is, I I think, something we've been talking about a lot recently with this team, is they're starting to get good when it comes to figuring out their future on the ice, but they're having a really hard time front office-wise and business-wise um, but it's really not the best business practice to be keeping your players in the dark because that's going to cause problems down the line when it comes to, um, you know, trying to sign free agents down the line and people just wanting to come to the team in general. My problem is I don't know if they actually have the answers. I don't think they're actually putting their players in the dark on purpose I think it's more of a, we don't know the answer to this yet, so we can't give it to you. But a lot of players are thinking that's not good enough. Yeah, I think that's interesting that they have this meeting with the players that aren't even going to be around next year. So they're not even going to be, like I said, they're not even going to be playing in this building. So I don't know why they're getting input from these players who aren't going to be around. And and I think, I think you, you nailed it too in terms of, you would hope that the, the team would have the answers. And in the article, it mentions that Javier Gutierrez was there the entire time, and he answered every question that came his way. And that's what this team needs to do. It needs to be as communicative as possible 
with not only their players, but their fans too, in a way, right? And especially moving into this ASU arena next year, like we don't know a lot about what's going to happen, right? We still know much about tickets. We don't know the capacity. We don't know exactly when they're going to start playing in the arena. It should be some, we believe it to be somewhere around December. We don't know how the long the road trip's going to be. Like we still have so many unanswered questions regarding the situation, but I think, I think you're right. It's in, I was Kyler Murray and the Cardinals have been in the news over the last couple of days because of their spat this off season. And Kyler Murray's agent put out this big, long statement and it's been a big back and forth between the organization and their, their star player where it's very clearly the team has had a big miscommunication with their star player and it's going really, really wrong really quickly. And I hope that Javier Gutierrez and the rest of the Coyotes front office understands that they can't afford to do that in this situation because I feel like as as far as we right now know here, it says in this article that the NHLPA couldn't doesn't believe the NHLPA could block the team's move to ASU's arena, um, but there could be problems arisen from it. Which is, if they don't like what's happening, is there some sort of a upheaval that happens? Be like, dude, we're not going to play here, type of thing. Like, do the players and the players' association have enough power to force? something crazy to happen. That's what I'm worried about here is seemingly we're about, you know, 85 to 90% of the way towards this happening for sure. But there's a 10% chance here that the players aren't going to be happy with what's happening and they can file a grievance, et cetera, et cetera. And things could change and, and things could fall apart. So, but yeah, I think you're right. And the biggest takeaway here is that, um, is, is that the team, needs to be as communicative as possible and try and figure out a solution here. And uh, I think it's, first of all, I think it's funny that this actually became news at, at all. Because um, I, I tweeted out a joke. I was like, LOL, I had a meeting last week too where a lot of hard questions were asked. Like, that's not really news. This happens in every business possible. So it's just another, like, buzzy coyote story to get people talking. It's a lot of the same stuff of like, uh, I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that one, I mean, this was, you know, it, it was not that everything that is bad towards the Coyotes comes out of Canada, but there, there's a lot of Canadian sources that usually try and and bring light to kind of the negative parts of the team. Um, but the other part of it is it's just a constant cycle of people wanting to cover this and draw attention to it. And the fact that they want to point it out as there's players that aren't liking this and that it is bad for player morale and that the team itself doesn't like it to make it kind of seem worse than it is. You know, if they are going through these talks and these talks don't end very well and something comes out of it, that's negative. Then I think, you know, you have a, story there but it's genuinely a situation of what is and what isn't a story and basically at this point anyone can make a story out of anything and especially when it comes to the coyotes doing something like this that hasn't ever 
really been, um, hasn't ever really been thought of as a good thing. People constantly want to um, focus on it and kind of harp on it. And at what point, you know, um, like the Simpsons, you know, uh, meme that's like, he's dead already. That's how I kind of feel about this. At what point do we say, you know, this topic in particular is dead already. We need to move on. You know, what's funny is I don't think it's going to get tired from a national media perspective anytime soon because it's such an easy thing to get a bunch of clicks is to drum up drama with with the Coyotes. And so it's just the latest. I'm sure there will be more stories like this as we move along. Um, luckily for the team, there is some, some good, like, actual on-ice things happening. Two, we want to highlight here, one of which is the goal that Barrett Hayton scored in the Coyotes' last game against the Winnipeg Jets, which they ended up losing 5-3. to They had a lead entering the third period. But Barrett Hayton, Corey, is somebody we discuss a lot on this show because we just can't figure out where he fits into the future of this franchise. And then... He goes and he scores a goal like he did against Winnipeg where he takes the puck all by himself in the Winnipeg zone, comes through the neutral zone with speed, and then beats three Winnipeg Jets players, goes like forehand, backhand, and beats the goalie all by himself. And he scores goals like that, and you're like, whoa, that's the guy that the Coyotes drafted fifth overall. Why can't we see more of that? There's a few things in this that are, are good things to take out of it. And I just put some popcorn in my mouth, so give me a second here. But the things that are pretty good to um, come out of this is the fact that, one, it gives Barrett Hayton some confidence. Um, he he was quoted saying, it's really cool moments like that are cool. Definitely to have that blowing up. It's really cool to see all over social media and a lot of people are reaching out. It's good that he has that attention and that positive attention because of the fact that he has had a really hard time gaining his confidence at an NHL level because of the fact that every time he has been, every time he's been at an NHL level, he hasn't really done very well. And I've said it multiple times about how the Coyotes, I feel, and and Kat has said this as well, that they've done a very good job of really kind of slowly trying to bring him into the league and really make sure that he had confidence going into it. But he never really showed up the way that anyone wanted him to. He didn't show up the way he wanted to, the way the team wanted to, or any of us wanted him to. So in general, it's very good that we're seeing this out of him, and it's great that he's getting some confidence out of it. Because when they did send him back down, it was initially as uh, last year, it was more of a thing of like, you aren't performing the way we want you to perform. And this is supposed to light a fire under your ass. So it's nice to see that something's coming out of it for, for one. And for two, it's nice to see that he actually has this in him because we, for the longest time, kind of, as you were alluding to there, we were sitting there wondering, does he actually have this in him? We really don't, um, we didn't really didn't have a lot to go off of with him from the very beginning because 
we all just kind of second guessed a lot of Chaika's moves. And this was one for sure that we weren't sure why, why he did it. And so it's nice to see that he has that in him. He has that ability and it could mean something really good for him in the future. It's also, and the third point really great in the fact of any of these guys that are the younger guys that we want them to really be getting to a next level and showing that they have that uh, next level talent going on into the future is a good thing to see because that is what this team is building upon. It's building upon a dream of having a lot of youngsters really grow up into being solid, talented NHL caliber players. And in a league that is going straight into a lot of talent and a lot of speed, it is a good thing to be able to see this coming out of him because that is where his skill is going to need to go if he's going to be a key player on this uh, future team that Armstrong is building at the moment. Yeah, and this is at an important time for him because he was coming off of an injury. Um, he's he's only been back a few games now after missing over a month of the season with a, with a hand injury, I believe. So, And then he scores goals like this and – and you look at, let's see here, uh, the NHL tweet had 126,000 views. The ESPN Plus tweet had 34.4 thousand views. The Coyotes tweet had 213,000 views. So the Bally Sports tweet had 49.1 thousand views. Like, oh, Hockey Night in Canada, 126,000. Like, this was a very popular goal. This got national attention. So anytime the Coyotes are getting good national attention like this for players making plays like this is a very, very good thing. Hell yes. That is a big thing because of the fact that we just covered something that was talking about the Coyotes in a negative light again. And as, again, to repeat what I said earlier, the one thing that they have going for them is the future that they are creating on the ice that is the deterrent from all of the kind of shitty business end of things that are constantly in the spotlight. So it's nice to see some good aspects of their future really being able to shine through on a national stage. And speaking of younger players coming up in the system, the Coyotes announced that they have recalled Matthias Michelli from the Tucson Roadrunners and he has had been one of the best seasons in Roadrunners history at this point. Um, he has the second best single season point total in Roadrunners history and was on pace to break the mark. Obviously, we don't know if he's going to get there anytime soon, but he has the highest points per game mark in Roadrunners history, a- averaging 1.31 points per game. And right now he's got... Um, 55 points in 42 games with the Roadrunners. Um, Matias Michelli was a guy who was selected a little bit later in the draft, if I'm not mistaken. Like He wasn't a first-round pick. I believe he was selected um, in the second round of the draft. And so he was kind of a guy that uh, really has been able to just mature in – his time obviously overseas and then coming into um, North America 
this this season really for the fir- the fir- the first time. Or actually, no, he played in the, he did play in the USHL. My bad. So yeah, he was playing overseas in Finland, or in in Liga over in in uh, in Finland, and then he came over. He, he's now back here, obviously, and playing in the AHL in his first full season in the AHL and, and crushing it. And he was a fourth round pick in 2019, and he's making this kind of an impact, which I think goes to show you that sometimes you just gotta let prospects work their magic and develop and learn. And Matias Michelli is seemingly doing that and doing it really well. And I'm glad he's going to get a taste of the NHL level. Should he be up for the rest of the season? I don't think so, right? Like, I think this is just the team calling him up to give him a taste at the NHL, see what he can do, get some NHL level coaching, be around some NHL players, be around a lot of veterans of the NHL too, right? We know how veteran late in this roster is. And see what he's got. And I'm excited to see him. I think a lot of Coyotes fans are excited to see him in action. And, Corey, you talk about this all the time. For a team that isn't good, it's important for this team to at least play competitive hockey. They did it against Winnipeg, right? Well, and now you have another reason to go to the rink, and you have another reason to see you know the next big thing come up and play for this team, and that's Matias Michelli. And uh, I'm excited to see him play, and I'm, I'm, uh, I'm glad he's crushing it down in Tucson. And... Uh, and we'll see what he's got at the NHL level here over the next few weeks. Yeah, I mean, it's obviously wonderful anytime we have any younger players that, especially one that is from a fourth-round pick that is really starting to mature into the player that anyone could have more than hoped for him to be. But you are 100% correct in the fact that this team still needs to be a competitive team that people want to go see. And it's nice when you have these storylines like this because people will go who are diehard fans that actually understand what's going on in hockey and go and watch him because they know that this kid is going to be part of the team's future. And, you know, going to see those games for those reasons are going to really help this team who is struggling in the fact that, you know, they still want to end up in a last place seat there. So that way they can get the highest draft pick they can possibly get. And, but it's very hard to have a something on the ice that it shows that in the fact that draft picks, and it's the same thing we kind of said when we're talking about, um, you know, when they keep on doing all of these trades that really don't have returns in them outside of draft picks is it's not something that's tangible. You can't see it. You can't analyze it. You can't um, even put a name or a face to it. So it's really hard to grasp onto that as a fan, other than the fact that, oh, they have a lot of draft picks and you can kind of start looking into um the draft class and and who those people might be and being able to grab onto those like that. But this is a a tangible person that is being worked up through the system who is showing a lot of promise and is a success story. The Coyotes last year, Coyotes were a team of 
a lot of people who were drafted later and really showed some promise and are now on other teams and, and doing well. And um, that, I think, is kind of the heart of all of this and the heart of like the fandom of the Coyotes in the fact that they love these kind of underdog stories coming from the bottom, really showing promise and becoming something great. I mean, in the world of sports in general, everyone loves that. There's nothing I enjoyed more in watching uh, Man Man in the Arena, is that, is that what it's called for Tom Brady's thing, um, about the fact that he initially started with such, you know, um, a humble beginning of that being drafted so late and being a backup quarterback who just happened to luck out because the the uh, starting quarterback literally had internal bleeding. But that I digress. It basically shows that underdog stories are kind of the thing to watch, and this just gives people more reason to go and watch. I agree. I <clears throat> I haven't been to a Coyotes game in two years. That <laughs> was the last time I went. The last time I was at a game was the last home game before the pandemic started. So I don't I don't know anytime soon when I'm going to ma- be able to make it to a game, but eventually we'll, I'll make it out there. The fact that I live right across the street and I haven't been to a game is is kind of wild to me. But um, now that I actually have I will have some my nights back now, maybe I'll be able to make it to a game. Richie, this sounds like a personal problem. Not the Coyotes' problem. Yes. I'm just wanting to point that out. That is not the Coyotes' problem that you haven't been there. It's it's a personal thing. Yes. Just making sure it's known. Because we're all calling for people over here to go to Coyotes' games, and you're admitting that you haven't been to one since before the pandemic. I know, I know I, f- I do feel bad. I do feel bad. Um, but like I said, now that I'm not going to be working nights anymore, m- maybe I can actually go to a game. I mean, we have a nice solid bucket list of play hockey games that we need to attend before things end. You know, we got to go mm-hmm. to, an ASU game before they're no longer at Oceanside. And we've got to go to a Coyotes game before they're no longer at Gila River. Yes, this is true. We have to say our goodbyes to both places. Although, when we leave Gila River, can we just flip it off at the end? (laughs) Yeah, we can go straight down to the city council chambers and leave a nice note for the city council. There you go. You know, they have, like, a little howler coyote that's, like, at the zoo. We should just take that and put it outside. Like, so when they walk outside, they have to walk by it. And it talks about how tall a coyote is. And they can (laughs) stand there and they take pictures with it. Just to remind them every day. Remind them of what they could have had. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Put on, we'll put on the list. We'll put on the list to do. And something that everybody should be putting on their list is making sure you sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of 
the NBA. And boy, does DraftKings have a deal for you if you're not already signed up like both Corey and I are. You can bet just $1 on any team and you can get $150 in free bets. If they win, it's that simple. If you're already a part of DraftKings Sportsbook, they got promos running all the time. They got uh, a bunch of great stuff going on. All you got to do is check out the app, of course, under the promo section. But if you're not already a member of DraftKings Sportsbook, you can sign up right now. Use the promo code THPN. Bet just $1 on any NBA team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. 21 plus. Minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. And a full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Void where prohibited. Minimum $5 deposit. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Tennessee, call or text the TN red line 1-800-889-9789. In Connecticut, call 888-789-7777. Or visit ccpg.org slash chat. In New York, call 8778-H-O-P-E-N-Y. Or text H-O-P-E-N-Y-467. Three six nine. Richie, I don't know if you technically meant this tweet to be like a like a fighting words tweet, but I feel like people took it this way. I don't know how why people get very passionate about their movies that have like certain catchphrases in them, but people got kind of passionate about this one. Yeah, I wanted to stir up some controversy because I was curious. I was watching Avengers Endgame earlier, and <laughs> dumbass me decided to turn the movie on, the last act of the movie. So I shit you not, I turned the movie on, and the first scene is the scene on Vormir when Black Widow sacrifices herself. I was like, God damn it, why did I have to pick this part of the movie? Absolutely and then of course, not. Absolutely not. And then obviously we know what happens from then on out, and then we get the inevitable "I am I am Iron Man" scene. And I would just like to point out that um, Iz was watching it with me at that time, and and I was trying to explain to her. I was like, "I don't like this part of the movie at all. It makes me sad." And she, and she was like, "Did you cry when you first saw it?" I was like, "Yes, I did. Thank you for asking." Anyway, I took a I. T- I took a screenshot of this and I tweeted it out. I just said, I am Iron Man. Truly one of the most iconic lines, in at least in the MCU. And so I asked, where does it rank in the most iconic lines in movies? And we got some, we got some good choices here. And let me roll through some of them. Um, Cam Cox from NBC12, he said, uh, great question. Wherever it ranks, it's behind on your left. Now, I will say that On Your Left is much more quotable in real life. Um, having, it, having it literally just happen to me a month ago at Skating for Layton when Jordan goes skating by me at 50 miles an hour while I'm jogging along. Um, so I will give him points for that. We have uh, Carl Pavlock weighing in with a line from um, – um, Big Lebowski. Yeah, well, that's just like your opinion, man. Great. Big Lebowski, another quote, great quotable movie. Uh, and then some of the other ones we received um, 
we're what the heck where'd it go why am i losing the rest oh here we go i was gonna say good uh, luck on some of these like i don't know some of these quotes like these people will be insulted because i don't know them uh rachel says i prefer the i am iron man from the first iron man film over endgame and i w- was going to actually say on that one that is my preference as well i felt like that was pretty epic in itself and the fact that um you know, it was the first one to start out the MCU and it just literally, he just straight up said it and gave zero fucks while everyone else tries to keep their identity somewhat of a secret for a while there. And, you know, I'll ultimately fail basically every time, but he just went out and said it. He gave zero fucks. Yes, exactly. So I agree. I even tweeted in response to that, that the first I am in my Iron, Iron Man like kickstarted the MCU. As we know it today. Uh, we have another one who says, um, introverted, shy, healed. Um, one through nine. Oh, hi, Mark. From um, the disaster artist. <laughs> and then ten, I am Iron Man. Uh, somebody responded with, um, we're, I, I was seeing where it ranks. And some Mike said pretty low. <laughs> uh, and then we had somebody... Um, who responded to me and, and listed off 10 of their favorite lines. So I'm going to quiz you a little bit, Corey, here. And I'm going to see if you can oh, figure it out. That's, okay, so the one that says that Mike said is number one, though, I don't even know what that's from. I don't know what it no, is. I don't, I don't recognize it either. So I don't really take that in account as when he said it ranks pretty low, considering the fact that I don't even know which one he's talking about. Right, exactly. So uh, we had... Uh, Emily here replied to me and and she gave her list of 10 quotes. I'm going to quiz you and see if you can figure out um, what movie they're from. Some of couple of them I don't even know exactly, but we'll we'll, we'll make it along the way. Okay. Uh, I'll start at number 10 and go to the top. Uh, number 10. Here's looking at you, kid. Here's looking at you, kid. Why do I feel like that is from like a rom com or something? Uh, it's not. It is actually from Casablanca. Oh yeah, no, no idea. Uh, number nine, Bond, James Bond, obviously. Obviously, yeah. Okay, that one's that one's pretty iconic. Yes, I will admit to that one. Um, number eight, frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. Oh, I know that one. I don't know where it's from, but I, but I've heard of that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm the same way. Like I want to be able to tell you off the top of my head. It's it's from Gone with the Wind. Oh, uh, okay. There you go. Uh, number seven, may the force be with you. Oh, obviously, that one's number six. Number six, I'll be back. Yes, and it's not the doomer. From different movies, but, you know, <laughs> <laughs> that's what my family, I don't know why. My family, like, everyone does, I don't, does that one. That one's from uh, The Kindergarten Cop. Mm-hmm. And, and that was a, but, and then you, uh, probably too, you have to, like, factor in the get in the chopper. Yes. Yes. Probably, those are probably the top three Arnold Schwarzenegger ones. So there you go. <laughs> I gave you all three of those. Uh, number five, I am Iron Man. Should put it at five. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, number four, snap out of it. Uh, I don't know. That's generic phrase. I uh, yeah, yeah. Apparently, it's from Moonstruck, which has Cher in it and Nicolas Cage. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, number three, you can't handle the truth. Um. Okay. Here's the thing, though. Like everyone knows that line, I will not deny that. But I feel like there's a lot of people that haven't watched that movie. I can't tell you how many times I've had to explain why he's saying that. Like I've, I've actually explained. Yeah, I've never. Yeah, I've never actually seen the movie. Oh, you've seen. You've never actually seen the movie either. I mm-hmm. saw it. I, I. It wasn't that long ago. It was probably maybe like five years ago that I ended up watching it for the first time but yeah i actually i think scotty was one of the people that i had to explain the other like the reasoning on why he said you can't handle the truth because it was very it was very relevant recently because basically the guy um did something wrong and he's getting in trouble for it and so he's they're telling him that he needs to tell the truth and he said you can't handle the truth because he did something wrong, but he believes it's right, and so you basically you can't handle it because uh, what I did was for a good reason, but you won't understand the reason. Basically, is why. And it, but it, it fit very well with um, current political situations that were in the past few years, so it came up a lot. But mm-hmm. uh, people who hadn't watched that movie didn't understand why. So yes and no. Number two. There's no crying in baseball. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And number number one, I'll have what she's having. See, I feel like I've heard that, but I don't know what that one is either. Yeah, that one is from When Harry Met Sally, I believe. What about, speaking of baseball, build Uh it and they will come? Yes. I feel like that one definitely goes in there. Yes, I like that one. I like that one too. There's a bunch. Like if you just look it up here on like, you can just do a list and top 100 movie quotes of all time. And there's so many. What's the top 10 in those? Okay, so let me look it up here. Now, some of these, this list is a little bit dated, but it gives you an idea. This list is about um, 15 years old, so it's a little bit dated, but it gives you an idea. Um. A couple of them we've already we've already talked about. Uh, frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. Was number one. Um, May the force be with you. Um, we've talked about that one. Some of the other ones. I'm I'm gonna make you an offer he can't refuse. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Um, number four. To my little friend. Yes, say hello to my little friend. I believe is on the list somewhere. I just don't know exactly where, but it's there somewhere. Uh, we have Toto. I have a feeling we're not in Kansas anymore. <laughs> I like the way you said that. Very good, Dorothy. <laughs> we have. Um, if only I had. had yeah, we've had. We have. Uh, go ahead, make my day. We have that um, one. Yeah. Dirty Harry. Uh, okay, let's see what we got here. We, uh, show me the money! No, very much so, yes. That one's on the list. 
we have uh, let's see. You don't. I don't understand that one. Okay. One that I so. think is kind of underrated, but I think gained a lot of storm after um, Wolf of Wall Street was the I'm not fucking leaving. People use yes. that stuff all the time now, too. But that one wouldn't be on your list because it would have been within the ne- most recent 15 years. Yeah, exactly. But you're right. It always shows up in memes, including the LA Rams used that in a meme the other day because from all reports, Sean McVay is coming back. And so the Rams tweeted out that meme because <laughs> Sean McVay isn't retiring, luckily. Oh, we have I'm, I'm King of the World from Titanic. Mm, yeah. Martini shaken, not stirred. Yeah, I there's a lot of like Bond ones that are very. This how about this one? I feel the need. <laughs> the need for speed. <laughs> of course, you had to know that that was going to be coming out of me once you started that. <laughs> yes, yes. Big yes. Top Gun person. Um, that's for sure. That's really funny, actually. Yo, Adrian. Asa La Vista, baby. Mm, mm-hmm. And then there's a, there's a bunch more on here. But yeah, I think we've gone through pretty much all of them. Well, that's um, what I was going to tell you. I was going to put you right on the spot here because I'm, I'm doing it myself. I want yeah. you to go to the media part of your Twitter. And I want you to pick out your most used memes. Because I feel like that is a true test of, um, you know, movie quotes and the fact that one of the things that I use the most out of everything is uh, from Billy Madison. And it's after he answers uh, a question with the dog who lost his way. And, he, and the guy said uh, that is... Uh, that is the most insanely idiotic answer that I have. Is one of the most insanely idiotic things I've ever heard at no point in your incoherent rambling or response. <laughs> did you ra- incoherent rambling, incoherent response? Were you even anything close to anything that could be a rational thought? Everyone in this room is now stupider to have listened to it. May God have mercy upon your soul. That one I think I use the most out of everything. Uh, I don't really have like if I don't really use the same one over and over again. You know what? The only one that I've seen like I've used multiple times recently is from Psych, and that's about it. I don't know what, why I keep going. Keep what going about back the to Michael that. Scott one that says, "Oh my God, okay, it's happening." I don't. I haven't. I went back for the last like. Two months, and I haven't seen that one yet. I feel like everyone uses that one. Oh, the limit does not exist for Mean Girls. Mm-hmm. People use that one an obscene amount as well. Oh, and may the odds be ever in your favor. Yes. Most of my gifts recently have been of Mo Salah. <laughs> Oh, you know what we missed? That is a big one for me. Big one for me. Mm-hmm. Yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker. Oh, yes! 
Oh my god, we need to kick ourselves both in the butt for that one. I know. How do we... Jesus. That I don't know how we almost forgot that one. I would have been very sad if I would have forgotten that. Oh, or how about one million dollars? <laughs> we can, you know, we can do this. It's totally dependent too on pe- like age and what type of movies people watch. Because there's like the ones that are deemed to be classics. But even some of the ones that are deemed to be classics, some people don't know. You know, it's kind of like the whole a, a few good men thing. Like some people have and some people haven't. It's hard. Uh, yeah, exactly. We could go on forever and ever about this because there's like so many good ones that like like you and I will quote all the time or movies we've just forgotten about off the top of our heads and and whatnot. Like we were talking about um, Dumb and Dumber earlier and I love I love that movie. And I could probably quote quote that a bunch. Like you know, I always I use that one too from uh, from um, um, Ace Ventura, the one where he's in the in the tank uh, investing in the snowflake, and he's doing the thing where he's lit, like, and it's the meme where it's you there. I use that one a lot on Twitter too. <laughs> I'm trying to think of. Um... I feel like a fair amount of, but I think it might be just a lot of people that I know use a lot of stuff from Talladega Nights too. Yes, yes. There's a, so there's a lot of movies out there that I think it depends on the person and depends on what they like. So I think per the usual with everything else, it's very subjective. Yep, I agree. You can uh, still go vote in our uh, our Twitter poll, I guess you could say, at Corey underscore Richie Show, and let us know what we're missing. And uh, I'm sure we're missing a lot. And you can also go see the picture. I tweeted out on our Twitter account, completely out of context, with the caption, One-Eyed Monster, step right up and see the One-Eyed Monster. So you can go take a look at the beer can we were talking about at the top of the show, too. <laughs> Uh, I feel like I need to go watch Austin Powers again. I watch it all the time. I literally fall asleep watching Austin Powers movies, but I I feel like I need to watch that one again now. I agree. I kind of want to do the same. I don't don't think Kat will let me, but you'll never know. Because I don't think she likes Austin Powers, which is crazy, considering she's friends with you and I. It is one of the... Best national treasures of the world, I swear. I just, I I love them way too much. The fact that they did a uh, General Motors commercial reuniting all of them was the best part of my Super Bowl. I mean, obviously you had a better part of your Super Bowl, but that was the best part of my Super Bowl. And now is the best part of our show because we get to say goodnight. Do you have any last words? I, I, there's been so many things that we've actually been talking about. I wish I had a another quote on the top of my head, but I, I have nothing. So I will say good night to you all and let Richie sign off.
<laughs> good night. Good hockey. And make sure you comb the desert, everybody. <laughs> Goodbye.